Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. How you guys doing? All right. I'm excited to, uh, to share this message tonight. I actually shared it in Bayville um, uh, this past Sunday. So how many people were here in Bayville? Okay. So if you heard it before, this is probably a good time for you to catch up on your emails, maybe get, <laughs> get some rest. I wouldn't want to hear me twice either. I'm kidding. But anyway, before we get started, I'd like to pray and uh, set the stage for the, for the message. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your, and your mercy, Father. We thank you for your loving kindness that is, is greater than life, Father. And Lord, I always like to say this before I preach a message. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be you. Father, I ask for your Holy Spirit right now uh, to anoint my lips. I thank you that what I speak today is, is inspired by you, led by you, and I thank you that we could put aside everything from the week, including myself, everything from the day, and just look to you to receive from your word, Father, and not only receive it, but walk in it, not only hear it, but be doers of the word so we could be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this message, like I said, I shared it in Bayville on Sunday. I was really excited, but pastor had asked me to share this message specifically, so here, here's kind of how it unfolded. I was in the car with Pastor Joe and Matt, and I was telling Pastor Joe a particular story about my life and a particular situation and about a message I heard online from Steve Harvey. And it, a couple things tied together, and he's like, wow. He's like, you need to put a message together on that. So then about a week before this past Sunday, Pastor texted me, and he said, have that message ready for Sunday. So I preach it on Sunday, and like I said, some of you guys heard it, but most of you didn't, so this is kind of new here. So the title of my message is Above All, and there's a reason I, I chose that, and you'll see why. I was going to consider naming it, but you never asked, few different titles, but I chose Above All because I want us to really lift God up today, and I want to see his majesty. I want to see his power move, and I want it to be really focused not necessarily on us asking God, but him doing it in our lives and who he is. So I always like to have a goal. I always like to have a focus. I always like to share where I believe God wants to take us when I'm speaking. And I believe God wants us to walk out of here tonight with this. Settled in our hearts that he is willing and able to do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine in all areas of our lives. Now, it's going to be a process in some, but here's what I want us to do while I'm preaching this message. I want us to take one particular area, and I want you to think about that area that you feel maybe needs some resurrection power. Maybe you need to start walking in abundance or walking in a greater measure in. Maybe you feel like it's dead and it needs a little resurrection. How many people have one area? The rest of you have multiple areas. That's what you're saying. Okay. I was just checking. So I know I do, but here's what I want us to think along the lines of this message. I want it to be very specific, where we're going to be very specific about an area. We're going to believe God in that area. We're going to believe that we receive, that we're going to walk out of here praising God and believe we're going to see changes in that area of our life. But I also want it to be very general. 
And what I mean by that, I want us to walk out of here with a mindset so we could take what we implement today and apply it as we go in our lives. So that's kind of what we really want to do. So here's, here's the challenge for us today. I want us to ask ourselves a few questions, okay? Here's the questions. Are we limiting God by asking for too little or not asking at all, not inviting him into our lives and asking him? And are we allowing the fear of stepping out on bigger things stop, to stop us from experience all that God has for us? Because sometimes we are afraid to ask for bigger things because we know when we ask for those things, sometimes the commitment is greater and sometimes we have to, God wants to use us and sometimes we allow fear to stop us from stepping out. So now some of us may be walking in that right now, but if we're really honest with ourselves, most of us have areas of our lives that we need to see God's power in a greater way, okay? So as I said, I want you to start thinking about that particular area that you really want to see exceedingly abundantly and see God move. Now, I want us to really think about what it really means to be exceedingly abundantly, right? Because sometimes we may think big things, and big things could be relative because does that mean you're going to preach to thousands and have a worldwide ministry? Maybe, if that's what God has for you. Does it mean you're going to have a mansion Maybe that, that, that's a possibility or a new car or you're, you're going to have this big business. If that's what God has on your heart, yes. But what I'm trying to get at is exceedingly abundantly could just be the level of life we live and the, and the, the abundant experience we have with God. Example, say you're like, well, I don't really have that abundant life. I have a particular person in my life that maybe is getting older and I need to watch them every day. So I'm home eight hours a day or I have a child that's autistic and I need to take, whatever that is. But God can give you exceedingly abundantly in that. God can, can give you a supernatural, abundant grace. And sometimes I think we take it for granted in our lives what we really walk in. Think about being in darkness. Think about when we didn't have Christ. Think about it. For me, my, Pastor Pam was my sister. She just walked out. And I... Now, that's like selling my sister out. And then my brother-in-law just walked in, too, so he caught me. So she didn't, she, she didn't walk out purposely. But I remember right now I feel like I'm a pretty energetic person. I could get up pretty early. I don't, if it's a Saturday, I don't like to sleep late. If I sleep late, I feel like I missed my day. And I'm like, oh, man, it's 9 o'clock, and I'm just getting going. And so I kind of like to do things. But I remember when I was not a believer, I was so selfish and I just was the type of person that if you were to wake me up at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, I would be like really mad. And my sister one time had to go to work and I was aggravated. It was like 12 noon and I was still sleeping. And I had no purpose, but then when I received Christ, I had a purpose. Is that not exceedingly abundantly? So I kind of want to set the stage. We know our lives and we know what areas we need to begin to walk in in that. So I want you to kind of think about that. Let me just take a Sip of water one sec. So why I chose the word above all, we're going to be talking about it a lot. So some areas that the Bible mentions above all, a couple of my favorite scriptures. In Proverbs, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for from that flows the issues of your life. In Colossians, it says, all these virtues, and then it says, above all, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So that's very important. He's saying, guard your heart. Above all you do, guard your heart. What do we say to our kids? Listen, 
if you're going to do anything, just please make sure you get in touch with me. Or please don't text and drive. Whatever it is, above all you do, just don't do that. Or you could do anything you want, but just please don't lie to me. You know, that, that's one of the things we can't handle. So when somebody says to you, above all, somebody says to us, above all, we really need to take that to heart and really listen and say, okay, what does that really mean? In the Psalms, it talks about God being above all as king. So let, let's look at the definition of the word above all. We're going to talk about it in Ephesians and 2 John. Above all means more so than anything else. Above all, now stick with me. This is going to be a lot of teaching tonight. Above all can mean two things. It could mean in importance. So God's saying, and above all, do this. But he also means it in high above or greater, in greater measure. It could mean beyond, in excess, a higher place. Listen to that. How many people want to go to a higher place in God? You don't want to live here, right, in any area of our lives. Okay, and I, I'm teaching along at different lines. Normally, like probably over the last five years, anything I've taught, because, you know, you don't teach, teach that much. It's always been evangelism and, and love and forgiveness, which is stuff that I'm just, those are like hot buttons for me. Those are the things that get me going. But if there's another hot button I have for my own life and for us as Christians is to see believers not walk in the fullness of what God has for them. And to see myself have an area of my life knowing, wait a second, I'm a child of the king. I'm, I'm, a, son of the, I'm, I'm a son of the most high. And I'm living like this and I'm running around worrying about things. The Bible teaches us to be anxious for nothing, to be anxious for nothing, right? So that's where is another hot button. But really, it's God's hot button because he wants us to live in fullness. That's why Jesus died on the cross, and we're going to see that tonight. So let's look at our main scripture. I'm going to read some of it that's not on the screen. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is in Ephesians, which is a great book, by the way, from, the, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in what? In love. When we're rooted and grounded in love, we're able to comprehend with all, to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. We can't even begin to think about it that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So it talks about walking in love, and it talks about when we do that, we're filled with the fullness of God. And here's our main scripture for the night. It goes on in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him, right? Not to us. Okay, him is going to be the focus. Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly what? Above all that we could ask or think, but according to the power that works within us. To him be glory in the church by Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. So that's what God wants to do in our lives. But here's the key. Is he going to do that in our lives? Absolutely. Apart from us at times, God is just going to bless us supernaturally. Then there's going to be a piece of it where it's reaping and sowing. But there's times, and I'll raise my hand first that you're living like the devil, and he blesses us. And you're like, oh, we almost feel guilty, right? Did I really deserve this? Everybody's looking like, I never lived like the devil. Why are you guys looking at me like that? I, you're making me feel like I'm the only one. No, I'm kidding. I didn't, I didn't mean the devil. I, I didn't mean living like him. Just, you know, maybe his cousin or brother anyway. But so in all seriousness, though, 
God blesses us supernaturally, abundantly, even when maybe we're not walking or reaping and sowing, right? That happens. But ultimately, those principles operate on this earth. We reap what we sow, right? So that's another piece of walking in abundance, the power that works within us. But tonight, we're going to focus a little bit more on asking God as a petition. There's different types of prayer. And I want to recommend a book that I, I think everybody should read because we could never go into it. We'd, we'd have to do like 10 weeks of this. But it's by Kenneth Hagin. It's Prevailing Prayer to Peace. Most people have read it. It's one of my favorite books because it breaks down all the areas of prayer and different areas of prayer, like um, prayer of commitment, prayer of consecration, prayer of agreement, pray, prayer of worship. But P- Kenneth Hagin talks about how one of the biggest prayers in our lives is the prayer of petition, asking God to move in an area of our life, receiving something, or asking to change or do something in our life or someone else's life. And that's m- the majority of the prayers. And I'm not saying we have to have a list, right, every day, but I want us to get us in a mindset. But I bet you if you really think about it, you'd be shocked how many times you asked God and he answered your prayers just by you asking and then it happened. We probably forget. But if we really wrote it down, we'd be amazed. So I just want us to get into the habit of getting up. Father, I'm asking you to use me today. I'm asking you to use my talents. If there's a need, Father, I thank you that today you're going to give me the grace to handle this situation. If you need boldness and you're like, man, I got to confront somebody today. A lot of people don't like that, right? Some people do. Father, give me boldness today. Give me peace in this conversation. Whatever it is, we could ask him for it. It says to ask for wisdom. He gives it to us freely, and we could have it. So I'm going to share how this message came about, and then we're going to touch on a few things. I was watching a video by Steve Harvey. I didn't find it accidentally. Someone actually sent it to me intentionally and purposely. It was called, You Have Not Because You Ask Not. So here's a little uh, snapshot of the video. I'm not going to show it. I'm going to kind of read it to you. All his life, Steve Harvey wanted to be on television, okay? So he went to a comedy club, and he signed up for the next week. And I believe he lived in Cleveland. The comedy club was in Iowa. So he signs up for this comedy club for the next week, and there's like 10 acts. That day, there was 10 acts. Number 10 got scared and ran out of the room, and they're like, we need a 10th act. Is Steve Harvey here? And he's like, that's me. He's like, I had no idea what to do. He, they called me up. I just started telling jokes. And he started telling all these jokes, and he's like, they loved me. And they had a clap off, and he won, and he won $50. So he said he cried all the way home from Iowa to Cleveland. And the person with him was like, what's the big deal? You won $50. He's like, nah, nah, you don't understand. He's like, I, I won more than $50. This is what I do. And he's like, you don't understand. Something happened to me today. And after that... He quit his job, and he says, don't, I don't recommend that you do it that way. If you have a vision, maybe you have a part-time job working on the side or a full-time job, work a part-time, because he was homeless for like three years. So this is where I really get to the story about asking. So Steve Harvey says when he was, uh, he, like I said, he always wanted to be on television. When he was 38, he saved up $250,000 to buy land. And this is where he gets emotional on the video. If you ever have a chance to watch it, it's like, 25 minutes, and it's a story of faith. You got to get this piece. And he was really upset because he said, I used to have to fish to eat, and I would carry charcoal in my car, and I would eat, and I would fish, and I'd always get run off. And he said he would always get run off of the land, and he would have, but he would be doing it to eat, and they're like, put, throw that back in. And one day he's like, Lord, 
I want land of my own. I, and I think he maybe looked and saw how many acres would be for each person. I believe that was it. And it's six acres of land. So he was believing God for six acres. So we had $250,000. He goes to this, this guy and he says, how much is that land, this beautiful land? It was, it was six acres and he wanted $600,000. He's like, well, I only got 250000 The guy says, well... I don't know. And he's like, before he could even get out, would you try to work a deal? Steve Harvey said, the guy said, but there's a guy over there who has some land. It's beautiful. And the guy was a hillbilly. And he kind of, Steve Harvey makes a joke. He's like, I'm going over to this hillbilly. And he kind of does his accent. And he said, it was really uncomfortable. He said, but the guy ended up being like a father figure to him. So he goes up to the guy and I'm not going to do his accent. And he goes, you know, I, I went over there to buy this land. He's like, how much is this land? The guy goes, it's 16 acres. He's like, oh, man, I don't have that kind of money. He's thinking, you know, 200 or, you know, this, for this other 250000 he didn't even have for six acres. So the guy's like, well, I'm in a bit of a tight. He's like, if you bring that by tomorrow, I'll give you the land. Guy gave him 16 acres for $250,000. And the thing that was so cool about it, he said later he had so much land, he didn't even know what to do with it. But his whole point is, he's very thankful for what God gives him. He always thanks God for what he has. And he says, every time I keep thanking God for what I have, and I have a list of things that I want God to do, I always start moving those over to my thankful list because God, God gives them to me the more I'm thankful for what I have. So he talks about how, and this is where I want to take us to a higher purpose. He talks about how God did not use that land for what he thought, which was going to be to rest and relax and have his family on and be a retreat. He used it. Now, to this day, it, he mentors thousands of single, single moms and young boys, and that's what God uses the land for. So my point is God has such a higher purpose for the things in our lives. He wants to do so much more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Now, is everybody going to be Steve Harvey and have seven TV shows? May, of course not, but that's not the issue because not everybody could have seven TV shows because if everybody had seven TV shows, who would watch them? I mean, let's be, I'm being realistic. We all have a place. So look at your life and say, God's going to do exceedingly abundantly in my life because that's mine. And it's not based on what Steve Harvey says, although God moved in his life and it's a story of faith and grace. But believe God that he wants to do that because he wants to do it in our lives, but he wants it to do it in our lives because of the word of God. It's the word, the word. Stories inspire us, but the word is what makes the changes in our lives. So I'm gonna tell you how that story applied to my own life. Now I'm with the church full-time. Most of you guys know that, and I you know, feel I'm definitely where I'm supposed to be. But I went through a season of transition. So if you're there right now, sit tight. You're gonna be fine. Enjoy the journey. God may be working some things out in your life. You feel like, man, I, I don't know what's going on. I feel like a lost puppy. How many people have ever felt like that in an area? Well, in my career, I felt a little bit like a lost puppy. And I was in sales, and I wanted to get out of sales. I didn't feel like I had it anymore. Just seasons changed. I was in it for so long. I had success, but I didn't anymore. So I wanted to try one last sales job, and they made the leads for me. I figured if they're making the leads for me, and it's a really reputable company, and I knew them, and I worked with them, I said, I think I could do it. If I can't do it here, maybe I need to get out of sales. So keep in mind, one of the greatest companies to work for, team-minded, great owner, great manager, some of the best people I've ever worked for. They pay a lot of money to put us in front of leads, a lot. 
but it's a 100% commission job. They're like, hey, if we're going to pay for all the leads, you know, we can't also give you a base salary because those leads equal that. So I was just struggling. So keep in mind, I'm 100% commission. I'm traveling all over New Jersey. You got to get this story, okay? I'm traveling all over New Jersey, and now I'm driving my own car. Because when, when everybody in the company got company cars, I was in the office for three months, so I didn't need one. Not like they didn't want to give it to me. So I didn't have a company car. I'm struggling. I'm at the point where I, my numbers are so low. I literally knew the numbers of a lot of sales reps. I, thought, I really think they might have been the lowest in the history of the company, and the company's been around for a really long time. They were that bad. And I'm like, what is going on here? Right? So I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm having a, a bad month. It was probably the worst week of my life. And, you know, and then you start getting into, okay, Lord, what am I doing wrong? You're getting into condemnation, right? We've all been there. So every day I walk by this company car because they had a few laying around that popped up out of nowhere. And I walk by this company car and I look at it every single day. And I go, I'm going to ask them for it today because I, this would help my job. It has the company lettering. It's a new car. And I wanted to ask my manager, but I wouldn't. So then my numbers got so bad, I decided not to ask my manager. I said, forget it. So one day I had it, and we're talking, and I'm like, my manager's name was Dan, one of the greatest guys in the world. I actually told him I'm going to be sharing that, this story. He's like, oh, awesome. So I said, Dan, this is, you don't usually say this to your manager. When am I going to get fired? Like, I don't get it. I literally said it to him, this is, I can't do this anymore. I can't take it. And all he did, and this is the most impacting thing anybody has ever done for me. He looked at my numbers, because I had my numbers there, and he goes, we're going to get you there. I believe in you. Anybody else would have been, I believe in you. I'm telling you, Tom, we can do this. He goes, I'm willing to invest in you. And he didn't even, my, he, my numbers were here. They needed to be here. He's like, we'll just get you here. And then he goes like this, you know what your problem is? I think you're just not asking for the sale. Like, what's wrong with you? He goes, I just don't think you're asking for the sale. And this was like from the throne room of heaven. Because he knew nothing about the company car and what was going on in my mind. And he all passionate, he goes like this. Are we not friends? I mean, you're here a year now. Are we not friends? Can you not come to me when you need something? What's wrong with you? And he goes like this. And he goes, in that car out there, you, drop, you walk by it every single day. And you, th you think you would have asked me for it by now. He goes... <laughs> Do you want it? I'm like, can I have it? He goes, it's yours. I'm like, when can I get it? He goes, Thursday, it's yours. That may not seem like a lot to you. That was the worst, one of the worst weeks of my career professionally. And somebody gave me the keys to a company car. I'm like, is, is there drugs in your office? Like, what are you drinking? You know, like, I'm, I'm not being serious. But they believed in me. And the great testimony is we got my numbers up here then I won some awards. I spoke on a video at a company thing. And then in the long run, I, to be really transparent, I couldn't sustain it. And I think it was just more so God had a different path for me. And I think we all knew that because he, he knew my whole story. He'd always be like, man, I'm telling you, don't, he goes, you don't want to look back on your life. He goes, I want you here. I love you here. But he's like, I could see things. And even the owner always said, I just, you know, I know, I know your purpose in life. And they were just always so supportive of me. So that's kind of how this came about. So let's look at another scripture in Ephesians. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and a revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And listen to this. This is the beauty. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according what to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places where far above all principalities and power and might, yeah, and dominion and name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave to him to be head over all things the church. Is that not awesome? Think about that. In him, right, that we would know the hope of what his calling in us, the riches of his inheritance in us, the, the, the exceeding great power, his power toward us that believe. Toward us that believe that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. There's a singer, Keith Green. He's a wild man for Jesus. Unfortunately, he died. He was one of my favorite. He had this long curly hair in the Jesus movement. He used to hit the piano and he sings this one song. It's called Asleep in the Light. And he's like, the world is asleep in the dark, but the church is asleep in the light. And he says, he's like, Jesus rose from one of the lines in the song. And me and my best friend always joke around about it all the time. He's like, Jesus rose from the dead, but you can't even get out of bed. It's just such a funny thing. Like, think about that line. He's like, it is kind of true. Like, Jesus rose from the dead, and we can't even get out of bed. There's no other way to say that. It's like crazy, but um, he is like, he's just a wild man for Christ. And it, like I said, he's not here anymore. So God wants, so you're now, I don't want to be impractical. So where does God want to do this exceedingly abundantly? Is our life just going to have no challenges? Nothing wrong with it. We're never going to have a challenge. No. We're going to have those things, but, and we're going to be required to use our faith. But listen to the word power. It means dunamis, force, miraculous power, mighty work, ability, or abundance. That's what power means. So that's the kind of power that we have in our lives. That's the kind of power that we have in our lives. We have to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because we could say, oh, he's going to do abundant. He's going to do this, but it's not going to happen unless we walk in that and unless we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It says what? By his power at work within us. Pastor Rick and I were talking about that a few weeks ago with the volunteers. So where does he want to do this in our lives? In 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things. Now, this is above all things in a different way. This is as an importance above all things. So beloved, I wish above all things that you may, may have prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So what is that saying to us? If you read that on the, on the surface, okay, we get it. But I want to dig a little deeper in this, in this scripture because I studied this out. This is one of my life scriptures. Isn't that an awesome scripture? He's saying beloved, calling us beloved. Above everything, this is what I want for you. Of thinking about a father to, to their children. Beloved, this is what I want for you. The word prosper, so that word prosper, I wish above all things that thou was made. Prosper means success along the way. Success in reaching a prosperous journey. And listen to this, I love it. Any business people in here? Success in your business affairs. Or we could take that to ministry. Or you could even take it if you don't own a business. He wants us to have success in the, our journey. Okay, and be in good health. That health doesn't just mean our bodies. It means safe and sound, wholeness, health and body, physically, the natural he wants to take care of. But he also, that word health 
means sound doctrine. That's only going to come if we're in that Bible, if we're in the Word. Now, in Bayville, no offense, when I asked people to hold up their Bible, I said, how many people have a Bible in here? And they had all, everybody had phones. How many Bibles in here? Oh, wow. Okay, there was like one person. It was funny. But anyway, but I know we all have it on our phones. I use it that way as well. Then he wants us to be healthy that way, prosperous that way, even as what? Our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. He doesn't want us depression. No, no, above all, I wish that you prosper, soundness of mind, peace, no torment. Fear has to go. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Our mind doesn't have to have that stuff. Our emotions, it says to guard your heart. It goes back to, and I'm just realizing it now, he said, above all, guard your heart, right? For from that flow the issues of life. If we're not guarding our heart, that's a military term that means to garrison your heart. And people who don't guard their hearts, things get in right? It's a military term. It's like above all that you do. It's like having a bunch of military soldiers and saying above everything you do, don't let anybody in that door. Because if somebody gets that in that door, something's going to be robbed. And the devil comes to steal. He comes to kill and he comes to destroy. He says, but I have come that you have life and have it to the full. Abundant life exceedingly, abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. That's what he wants for us in all areas of our lives. But here's three important aspects when it comes to asking, okay? Three important aspects when it comes to asking. What we are asking for. Because if we're not asking for things according to his will, we're not going to have them, okay? Like, Father, I thank you that my boss gets fired so I could have his job, okay? <laughs> now, sometimes there is situations where people get removed from your life but we're operating under the influence of the enemy, but that's, uh, let God do that? That's my point. My point is we don't want to covet that or, you know, whatever it is, that's not according to his will, but what's according to his will? Father, I thank you that my sleep is sweet. I don't even have to, Father, I thank you that tonight, I'm not, I don't, I haven't been sleeping good, but I thank you that I have the petitions that I ask of you. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that my sleep is going to be sweet. I'm going to sleep well, and I'm going to get up refreshed. That's according to his. We don't even have to worry because that's in the Bible. So the only way we could find that out is if we look in the Bible in 1 John. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever you ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. Okay? So his word is his will. Next, what motives are we asking with? We need to get this right. This is probably, in my opinion, the most critical one because unless you're just never reading your Bible, it's almost like you have an anointing from the Holy Spirit who causes you to know all things. We just know. I know we have to get in the Word, but there's just certain things, man, God wants this for me, but it's in His Word. So we could go to His Word and find that out. We pretty much know that in our heads most things. We know He wants us healed. But the problem is with motives, sometimes when your motives are attached to something and your affections are there, you're gonna, your actions are going to follow. So we try to live with our heads and let our emotions be attached to all kind of worldly things and think we're not going to do it. But if your emotions are attached to something, you're going that direction. Whether your head believes it or not, it says that 
we're drawn away in James by our own desires. So we have to line up our motives with the, with the Father. And the only way that comes is being in the Word and being in His presence. That's the only way it comes. So what motives are we asking for? In James, it says, you desire but do not have, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on the pleasures or your pleasures. Bottom line is this. We're never going to get it all right. We're never going to be perfect. But we want, fa- we want, Father, not my will, but yours be done in my life every day. Father, I want to be a vessel. Let my motives be pure. Let me be like Jesus, who was in Philippians. He said he was of no reputation. He was of no reputation. He didn't care about his reputation. He cared about being obedient to daddy. And it says, delight yourself in the Lord. He's going to give you the desire of your heart. When we spend time with God, he's going to put those desires in and he's going to now bring those desires to pass. That's the way he wants it. And finally, who we are asking, the person's ability to deliver in Ephesians 3.20, we have a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works within us. Bottom line, we know what we should ask according to his will. If our motives are lined up, we don't have to worry that we're asking with wrong motives. And then finally, this is the, the best one because we can have all that right, but the person who we're asking can't deliver or doesn't want to deliver, but he does. So it's the ability of the person to deliver is their, is their nature, right? Is there rather their ability, which is part of their nature, but really the nature of the person who's asking. Get this in your heart right now. Matthew 7, 7 through 12, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for whoever, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, earthly, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything you do to others, what you would do, so in everything do to others, what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. How much more? That's what God wants to do in our lives. That's a good father, right? How, if you're a father you wanna, or, a, or a mom, you want to lavish your children with great things, but if you know something's bad for them, you don't want to give it to them. Or I didn't add this one. There's really a fourth here. There's sometimes a timing issue. All right, there's sometimes a timing issue, okay? And that's when, that's where we have to be careful too. We have to be patient because maybe it's just not time for something as well. That didn't mean we didn't receive it. It just didn't manifest yet. So we're gonna look at the life of Paul. And Apostle Paul, it says he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisee of Pharisees, blameless concerning the law. So Paul had two sides to him. In the natural, he had everything. You see somebody in the natural who had everything, that was Paul. He had everything going for him, smart, just everything you can think of, had influence, had people in his life, had money, had everything. But also, he was really bad because he persecuted Christians and tried to kill Christians. So did God not do exceedingly abundantly in his life? He came to Christ. God used him to show his patience. Some of the say of the book of Ephesians, who Paul wrote these prayers. And I'm telling you, these prayers in Ephesians, pray them over yourself and others. 
You'll see your life change. You'll start to be crisper. You'll hear from God like never before if you pray those Ephesians prayers just like Paul. So Paul had everything going in the natural. He went on to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Here's what Paul said after he came to Christ. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, that that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. So what Paul is saying, and this is where I want to take us now, wrapping up. In about eight, eight minutes or so. He's saying everything, I consider it a, it a loss compared to surpassing greatness, the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. And he's saying, I had it all, but here's where I am now. Now I know Christ. And I realized, you know, the things that he's done. Think about what God did in his life. Is Paul's life not exceedingly abundantly? Think about it today. If somebody's out here, let's put it in the natural. You're going out there and somebody's just mocking you as a believer and actually wants to try to kill you as a Christian. And then you see him later and now they're writing a book about Jesus, that's us exceedingly abundant. So what was our goal? We wanted it settled in our hearts that God is willing and able to do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine in all areas of our, of our lives. How many, are we convinced of that? I said to Babel, if we're not, I got to preach another 10 minutes. And then the hands went up high. Are you convinced? All right. So let's ask ourselves these questions. Are we limiting God? Just being honest, I'm asking myself, I know I am. I'm limiting God in some areas of my life. Not all. I see exceedingly abundantly in a lot, but some I don't. I, I'm either not asking or I'm asking for too little. And I remember a friend, I was running um, through some, going through some things, and a friend said to me, they're like, well, I, I'm not trying to be silly or anything. You're talking to a bunch of people about this issue, and you're going on and on. Have you just stopped and asked God? And I thought about it. I'm like, I, I haven't. And I stopped and asked God. And actually, when I stopped and asked God, the answer came like that. It was unbelievable. So my point is, let's bring God in. In Daniel, it says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I love reading about knowing God. I love the subject of knowing God because I came to this conclusion after being a Christian for something like 25 years Yes, God loves us more than anything. And, and yes, he's going to bless us, like I said, even sometimes when we act stupid. But the truth of the matter is this. There's a reaping and sowing. And the truth of the matter is this. If I don't have an active, daily, personal relationship with Christ, I'm only going to get so far. Yeah, I'm going to live in some of it. But do we want fullness? You see, we, people, we see people's lives like Brother Hagen. We see these people like John Wesley. They're people of prayer. And we're like, wow, I want that. But they paid a price. That doesn't mean we have to earn our salvation. I'm not saying that. It's not a works mentality. It's an abiding issue, okay? It's that simple. If I'm married, okay, and I don't spend any time with my wife, then 
what happens? That the relationship's not there like it should be. It's a working relationship as we abide. In John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, this is the scriptures, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you'll be my disciples. This has it all, and I didn't even realize this as I was reading this in Bayville. If you abide in me and my words in you, right, Ask what you desire, it's going to be done for you. There's the abiding, there's the personal relationship. But if I'm not abiding, it's going to be very hard to walk in these asking principles we're talking about. And then he goes on to say, isn't this great? By this, my Father is glorified. So what's that saying? What's the, that's answering something I just said without even looking at the scripture. By this, my Father is glorified, not by this, you're glorified. So that's telling me when I abide in him and he in me, my motives get lined up with his motives and the Father's glorified and not me and not us. So when we get in his presence, that's when things change. And the scriptures say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. The word acknowledge. So I said I want us to think of a specific error. If you have that, think of it. In general, from the general perspective, this is what I want us to get out of this. This is the mindset. The word acknowledge him in all your ways means this, to declare that the one recognizes the claims of a person or thing fully established. So do we realize that the claims that he makes are fully established? We abide in him. We're going to see the things manifest in our lives. Again, it's not this big list. I want a mansion. I want this. I want that. We get it. Let's keep it balanced. Let's let him do it. When we're abiding in him, things just flow. 2 Corinthians 3, 3 through 5. Clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. God wants to use our lives and bless us exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine so we could bring his gospel and his light to others. Yeah, he wants to bless us, and that's part of it, but a natural result of that is to reach people with the gospel saying, I see that, and I want what that person has. And they're going to see the abiding in Christ, and they're going to see a difference. In the book of Acts, it says, it was obvious, it says that these people with, with Jesus, they were untrained men, but they were with Christ. So we're confident of all of this because our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Just like my story about, I believe God was teaching me a lesson that day saying, it's not about you. Yeah, like I said, we got to abide. But he, it's not, the qualification doesn't come from me. The, quali the qualification comes from him. And I got blessed when I didn't feel like I deserved it. And isn't that the beauty of it? Because we don't take the glory for it. So that's what's awesome. So here's what I want to end. We see that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine by his power at work within us. We see it doesn't come from us. So if we could stand right now, I want to take that one area of your life and think about it, okay? Because we're going to pray in a second. But I want us to get into the habit in the future of this. You probably know a scripture for that area, but, but in the, as a pattern in life, we could do this. That book, Prevailing Prayer to Peace, has a lot of this in there. Find scriptures. Kenneth Hagin gives like seven steps. It's really good to answer prayer. But regardless, it's really practical. Find scriptures in the area you're believing for. That's my promise. 
Ask God what we want in that area. Believe that, receive it. It says, believe that you receive it and it's yours. Keep meditating on that area. Keep thanking and praising God because we could nullify prayers. If you go plant a harvest and then you go kicking it up, you ruin it. We plant a harvest with our words and believing and receiving and then we speak death. Well, we're gonna undo what we did, okay? So we wanna speak life over that area if that didn't manifest yet. It might manifest like that. And then also act on the word, act like you have it, walk like you have it, talk like you have it. Like Steve Harvey said, you got to put some hustle with your faith. If you hustle with your faith, it's going to change things. So let's allow God's power to work in us and do, and so we can see him do above all we can ask, think, or imagine. This is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever he asks, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. So just close your eyes. One thing is if you're here tonight, everybody close your eyes, please. If you have never, you, you say, okay, I want this, but I never received Christ into my heart. I, rather, I never believed on Jesus Christ. He's the son of God. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for me. And I believe he rose again and he did that. It says John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That everlasting life means I'm going to be with Christ in heaven. I'm going to have peace on earth. He's going to bring, put his Holy Spirit in my heart. If you never received Christ before, it's, a, it's a, pr a prayer. You could be a new person today. You want to do that. You don't have to try to figure it out with your head. It's in your heart. You know God's knocking on your heart. Maybe even been coming to this church and you're like, wow, it crystallized today. Raise your hand. One more time. Raise your hand. Okay. So, there was a hand raised, so we're going to pray together, then I'm going to pray a general prayer, and we're done. Um, let's pray, that, that, pray this prayer together as a family. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross and rose again so I could have new life. I thank you that I receive forgiveness for all I've done. I thank you. The Holy, Spirit the Holy Spirit lives in my heart. In my heart. I'm, a I'm a new person. I'm your child. I'm your child. And, I and I thank you that you're my Father. You're my father. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer for anything else, our prayer workers are going to be up here to pray with you. I want to pray this last prayer with us. Take that air of your life that you're thinking about and re repeat after me. Father. I take this area before you, and I believe that you want to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ask, think, or imagine. So I believe right now that this, take the need and speak it out to him for yourself. So I take this need and I thank you for your promises in this area. I believe I receive it and I thank you that it's mine. You hear me and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I thank you. It was a pleasure to minister.
Have a great day. Walk in that supernatural abundance and let it overflow to somebody else. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.